Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you once again for another opportunity to come before your throne of grace and to learn just that much more about you. Father, I ask that you would sit me, J.R. the man, down and that you, O sovereign Lord, would rise up big inside of me, proclaiming your word of truth, giving us exactly what it is that we need. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, family, it is so good to to be back for Bible study. <clears throat> um, I know we uh we didn't have it last week, and I do want to apologize about that. It has been a transitional period for me. Uh, the good Lord has blessed me with a new job, and this is the first time I've had to work a 40-hour work week in three years. So just a little bit of adjusting to do on my part. Um, but with that being said, that kind of does bring me to the topic for tonight, and that's transition. We as people go through so many different transitions in life. One of the biggest ones that we will ever go through is transitioning from dead to alive, from walking out of the world and into Christ Jesus. That is one of the biggest, most impactful, and most important transitions that we can make. And I thank God for it because even though that's the biggest transition that we make, that's not the only transition that we make. See, it starts there. And if you've been with me for a while now, you've heard me say it, but it's all about the iota or the tiniest of changes, the, you know, those little footsteps that we make forward. They don't seem like a lot right now when we make them, but when we look back, we see how far God has brought us in such a short time. That's the beauty of walking with Christ Jesus. Now with this, in this transition and sanctification is a lifelong transitional process of, you know, letting God take away those different things that we used to love that just we know aren't right anymore and getting us on to a more perfect, straight and narrow lifestyle like he has laid out for us to walk. It's only one scripture that I want to share with you tonight. I want to talk about it briefly because this is what the Lord has placed on my heart to share with you. And that's simply Proverbs chapter four, verse 22. Well, verse 23, excuse me. And in the NLT, it says to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now in the Amplified, it says to watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. <clears throat> and then lastly, in that King James Version, it says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, <clears throat> I read to you three versions for the simple reason, because first and foremost, the NLT tells us to guard it, guard our heart, because it determines the course of our life. And then the Amplified in King James says to watch over your heart with diligence because from it flows the springs of life. Now, both of these things are very important. And let me tell you why. 
Jesus, throughout the New Testament, tells us that so a man thinks in his heart, so he is, right? Meaning that in the example he was giving was that if you look at a woman lustfully, Jesus says that because you thought about that in your heart, you've already committed the sin, right? If you really in your heart thought about sinning, well, not sinning, let's, of course, most of the things that we could probably do are sin, but about stealing, then you've already stolen the item. It, it's, it's done. It's a done deal. That's why for all of us, we should always be praying prayers of repentance, saying, Lord, I'm sorry. That's why we're usually taught in church that when we pray to start off by thanking God and then asking him to forgive us because we commit so many sins throughout the course of a day, we're just unaware that we even do it because most of it's subconscious. Dang, she's fine. Oh, I wish I had that I'd steal it if it would, you know, get it for me or vice versa. You know, let me drink this. Let me smoke that. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But the cool thing about a transitional process is you finding and testing and proving what the Bible says about having a renewed mind, about letting the Lord transform the way you think and not being conformed to this world. See, in doing so, you find yourself not even having the same kind of thought process. Yes, you might still find, you know, whoever attractive, or you still might say, I wish I had this thing, or you still might consider to do X, Y, or Z. But the difference between the you now and the you then is that once you have that thought, you say, but God. That's the transitional phrase right there, but God. I talk about this all the time with my brothers, with my granny, with with my little sisters all the time, just but God, right? Things have been bad. Things have been rough. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm X, Y, and Z, but God. But God has promised me strength. He promised me that if I would trust in him, then I would mount up on wings like an eagle. I would walk and not be weary. I would run and not faint. That if I keep my faith in God, that he would keep me in perfect peace because all those who trust in Yah, as the Bible says, are held in perfect peace. It's not that you know God is just giving us the peace, but he himself personally is giving us the peace. He is holding us in an area of peace where we don't have to feel like we're in bondage or held in captivity to the problems or the issues that we're facing, to the different things that may make us sad or bring us down. But no, we don't have to be because God is the eye in the middle of that storm. It's a transitional part of the storm. My late pastor used to preach all the time about how God is the eye of that storm. That it doesn't necessarily matter what you're going through, but it matters about where you are in relation to God. And just like the children of Israel who would follow that pillar of smoke, because that was God's way of letting them know I'm here, but now I'm moving over there. We don't have to worry about that anymore because the Lord himself lives inside of us. And my favorite part about that is that because now that we're led by the Holy Spirit or God's will personified, We have alarms and triggers and different measures that God has in place to let us know when we need to just be still, 
when we need to move. And even more so, he's blessed us with community or family, not your blood relatives, but those who are about our father's business. That's the real family members to you. When God has us in community, usually the community can pick up, especially the ones closest to you, when something's off. And what does a good community do? What does a good family do? They check in on you. They want to see how you are. They don't try to pry into the inner workings of your life, but they want to remind you that you, just like God, are never alone. Okay? That's the most important thing about transitioning to different phases in your life. You're stressed out. You're tired. You feel overworked. You feel underappreciated. You're having a crisis. You don't know what to do but call on God, which is the absolute right response to every situation. Well, the thing about that is, is that as I've come to learn, especially in these past two months, with some of the different things that I've shared with you, my family, it's simply this, that the less of me I have to offer to a situation, that means the more space I have for God to step in. Let me repeat that. The less of me, me, JR, the person that you see right now, the less of me that I have to offer for the situation, that means the more that I can allow God to step in and be God of that avenue, of that area, of just my entire life. Paul said in the book of Romans that when I am weak, I am strong, that it's in our weaknesses. God says that his strength or his power is made perfect that his grace is sufficient for us, right? We know that the word sufficient means it's just barely enough. It's the bare minimum. It's just exactly what I needed to get by. But for God, sufficient means to surpass excellency in an excellent fashion. So where my sufficient is the bare minimum, right? God's sufficiency is way through the roof to the point to where I can't even see where it begins or ends. And that's the thing about being strong in our weakness. See, when you're tired, when you're hungry, when you're upset, when you're angry, when you're nervous, anxious, worked up, whatever it is that you're going through, that isn't what we would call a positive emotion. Or even the positive emotions like being happy or grateful or whatever. The less of us that there is in a situation, the more that God can reside, rule and reign in that part of our life. When I shared with you guys last month how I didn't sleep for almost two months, where normally that makes a person very short tempered. It makes you have a a very short fuse. You're ready to go off. You delusional, all of the above. Well, glory to God and not to me. I was more somber, more peaceful more prayerful, more everything, because now I don't have anything within me to even try to lean on. And the Bible expressly consents us to not lean on self, but to lean on God. It says lean not to our own understanding, because from it leads unto the ways of death, not just death, but the ways of death. But the beautiful thing about transitioning out of self and into Christ is that we don't have that worry anymore. I thank God, as crazy as it may sound, for the times where I'm too tired to even think straight 
or I just don't know what to do or for whatever issue or struggle may be in my life. Why? Well, because of the book of James, the first chapter says that when we go through trials and tribulations in life, we should count it as a joyful thing because now our faith, a.k.a. our trust in God, can be perfected. It can be tempered. We can say successfully that once God brings us out of that season, because we know that every season in our life is a timed event, it does not last forever and ever, but it has to end at some point. We know, and I thank God for this, that not only is it going to end, but it has to end because it's simply a tempering process, meaning God wants you to gain something out of it. Every single situation, no matter how tough it is, no matter how much it makes you mad, how much it wants to make you question God sometimes, because we're not perfect. That God has allowed it to happen. And the key word being allowed, not to not to break you in the sense that you're no longer functional, but to break you in the sense that you're no longer depending on the things instead of the source. God doesn't give us resources to depend on the resource. He gives us resources so that we can be blessed to be a blessing. Your money, no matter how much you got, could run dry just like that. It's not about how much you have. It's about how diligent you are. And even if you're diligent and it never runs dry, cool. We all know. That everything in the earth, the riches, the wealth, the people, the animals, the land and everything else belongs to God because he made it. So when we have a need, just like Jesus said, if we ask our father in his name, something new that we had never done previously before that point in time, then Jesus to honor the father will make it so. Jesus's sole purpose, aside from being our savior, is to show us how to be a good servant more so how to be a good child. A good child is one that brings honor to their parents' name. Well, with that, as Christians or children of the Lord God, whose name is Jesus, our job is to bring honor onto him. And more so, as I had this discussion yesterday with my little sister, is that our job is to sow love. Everything that we do is supposed to be out of an act of love. I don't care what it is. If it's just sharing a piece of candy, it's all supposed to stem from a place of love. And love, as we know, it's unselfish. It's kind. It does not think of self. It doesn't bear grudges or hold resentment. It doesn't get hurt so easily. And it doesn't bear record of all the times that it's been wronged. It's not pleased with injustice, but it's pleased in justice. And the most important thing about love, the thing that I love the most about it is, is that God's love is an eternal love. It can't go anywhere. It won't go anywhere. It will never fail you. It'll always be there for you. And it not only shows up as God having a direct relationship with you, but it also shows up as the different people that he places in your life. Don't you know, my brothers and sisters, that God isn't just your father or your savior or a way maker. He's a mother to the motherless, a brother to the brotherless, a friend, a doctor in the sick room, a lawyer in the courtroom. He is literally our everything and our all in all. Whatever you need God to be, 
He is exactly that because he doesn't just have the answer. He is the answer. So in your transitional period of your life, whatever transition you may be making, whether that's in my case, having a new job and further understanding how to to really balance a good load healthily to use my community as needed. If I need someone to fill in for me, I have people that I can call on that would happily do it. Not because I'm saying, you know, I don't want to, but because I'm a person, I, I have a limit and God understands that. And that's why we have community. He even did it with, uh, with Moses and, and the children of Israel. Moses tried to take on too much. So he was told to delegate. Sometimes being a good leader or a good whatever you're trying to do in your life is learning how to delegate the responsibility. It's not a one person show, but it's a community driven orchestra where just as the Bible says, we are all members of the same body, meaning that we all share the same burdens. If you're sad, well, guess what? I'm sad. If you're glad, I'm glad. If you're mad, I'm mad. Why? Because we are all a part of the same functioning organism. We're here to be there for one another, to glorify God together so that everybody who isn't in this boat with us can come on and come aboard. Because without God, I don't want to imagine. Life gets hard enough with him. Sometimes I get a little doubtful, even though I know God can do any and everything. And he's done so much for me already. Why wouldn't he do the next thing for me? And that's with God. So without him, I can't even begin to process that. But the transitional part that we talk about and the beautiful thing of it all is that with God, all things become possible. When the disciples asked him, when Jesus said that it would be easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to get to heaven, they asked, well, God, you know, who can go? And Jesus said, well, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So let's put that into perspective. How can I truly, if I've been scarred and hurt and abused and neglected and everything else, and I feel abandoned and, you know, whatever negative feeling that arises out of my heart because it's been wounded, how can I transition into this promise that God says, I'm not alone, I'm not abandoned. I have a father who loves me and wants me. I have a family that actually cares about me and will check on me and nurture me and everything else. Well, it begins with that trust. And remember, trust is a tempering process that God allows the different things in our life so we can trust him more. If you never went through a little pain, you'd never grow. And for anyone who's ever went to the gym a day in their life or exercised or just played outside, you know that the first time you ran, you didn't get far. But as you kept running, you could go further and further. Well, the same thing in life. If you don't go through some issues, you won't be able to pray about stuff properly. But the more things God allows to happen, it's not to break you. It's to just get you a good workout in. To show you, hey, when X, Y, and Z happens, this is how you respond. We don't react to the situation by giving up or giving in or wanting to quit or cry or whatever else. But instead, we respond to it. That if I do have to cry, I'm going to cry out the name of Jesus. If I do get mad, I'm going to get frustrated at the enemy who's perpetrating again. 
by praying, by praising, by proclaiming my breakthrough, by calling forth the things that I'm expecting to happen out of my faith because God has given me hope. And that hope is tied up in blessed assurance because he already paid it all. So we're transitioning, right? Let's transition out of the old mindset, just like the Bible tells us. And let's transition into the new one. Let our minds be transformed by the strength of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's not be conformed to the things of the world by saying, I can't because of some limitation. No, I can because Jesus told me the sky is the limit and that anything I ask him for in his name, he'll make it so. That when I go through certain things that may have me feeling so uncomfortable, I don't even feel like myself anymore, that I will praise God in the midst of it because he's my place of comfort. And God is not a stagnant God. He is ever progressive, meaning he moves forward all the time. So when he's moving forward and because we're one with him, that means we're moving forward. And even though the place may not look familiar and it may not feel comfortable, remember, home is where the heart is. And since God is our heart now, well, home is wherever he is. And that's why I love the way Jesus says that when it's your time, when your mansion is prepared fully and it's done in my father's house, then I will come get you so you can be with me where I am. He didn't say a particular place, but he said that you'd be with me where I am, meaning that wherever I am, you'll be too. And I love that because heaven without a God doesn't sound like a good idea to me. But to be wherever God is with him, that sounds perfectly fine in my book, because that's where God wants me and that's where I want to be. And that's what it's all about. The point of transition isn't just about from moving phase to phase in your life. But it's about moving out of the old mindset into a godly mindset. Something we say here all the time and something that me and my little sister say a lot is that it's not about the right thing to do. It's about the godly thing to do. The right thing says that I'm justified if I get hit to hit back. But the godly thing to do says that when I get struck to pray for them, turn the other cheek, offer it if I got to, because that's what Jesus said. The godly thing to do is to go beyond what the human expectation says. It's to put the other person before you because God <clears throat> almighty looked at his godliness and talked about this yesterday <clears throat> that he looked at it. He didn't think it was something privileged that he should hold on to. And he came down in a body just like yours and mine to die for you and for me so that we might have a chance to actually live a life and to have a life. Living life isn't going from party to party, dating the person after person, drinking this, smoking that, traveling here or there, playing every new game that comes out, networking with every single person that there is. That just sounds like some failed attempts at trying to fill those holes in our soul. But no, what it's about is building the relationship with God putting in the time and effort to maintain our end of the bargain, and then even more so trusting him that the growth will occur. Because if you really do love God, he's not going to let you stay in the same spot. He's not going to let you stay the same old you. He's going to push you like a good parent does, like a good coach does. He's going to test you to overcome your old limits 
and to have some new limits so that while you're in that new middle ground, you have some things to achieve, you know, that after you start plateauing toward the top, because God doesn't believe in limits, we're going to go ahead and surpass them too. And we're going to keep surpassing those new thresholds until the day he takes us home because we don't have a cap with God. There is unlimited growth potential here, unlimited potential for you to get promoted. And all we have to do is go with God's flow. Don't go with a flow, but go with God's flow. Walk at his pace. We don't like sometimes God's turnaround because sometimes we feel we need some instant gratification. God, I prayed, where's the blessing? No, sometimes the blessing is in the waiting because now the thing that I thought I was going to be prepared for, I would have ruined it. But now that I've waited, I've trusted God. I've gotten over some things. I started smelling self. Well, I stopped smelling self. And now I'm just focused on what God says about the thing. Well, then now I'm ready for the elevation. And sometimes, as we know, we're our biggest enemy. Yes, we have an enemy who roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. But half the time, baby, look in the mirror. You stop you. Most cases, because we either A, forget that God is God and we are not, or B, we're too comfortable. And I'm speaking about me right now because I've had to get past myself a lot recently. We get too comfortable with what we see in the mirror. Yeah, I got a few flaws here, but that's okay. I like me for who I am. No, I don't. I really don't. I tell my brother Broderick that all the time when we have some real deep conversations. I just want to be better, not for, you know, some ulterior motive, but because I know God has better for me. And when we start thinking like that, when we start getting to that point to say, I want to change, not for anyone else except for God and for me, well, then that's when the change begins. We have a saying. You can't help anyone who doesn't want to be helped. Well, the same thing is true about this relationship with God. God will never force you to do a single thing. But what he will do, if you really want to be helped, he'll help you. Now, help, healing, the process of getting over the past and letting stuff go, it's not pretty. It's not fun. It doesn't always feel good. Sometimes you got to trudge stuff up that you thought you had buried. And the whole time it's been stinking up the room. Well, let me tell you from a personal grave digger to another that if you just dig it up, let it float around for a little bit, get familiar with it, look at it, understand that it happened, but really take a look at it. It's dead. The past, it's dead. Those old mistakes, those issues that you used to suffer with, they're dead. So do the right godly thing, okay? Do the right godly thing. I know it sounds funny, but just hear me out here. Do the right godly thing and give the dead to God. Because the same God who turned us who used to be spiritually dead into spiritually alive people can do the same thing for your past. He can take the dead areas of your life and turn them into new life, to new growth, to gardens inside of you that will bring forth wonderful fruit that can help so many people along your way. But all you have to do, and this is the kicker here, is be brave enough to put forth your best 1% effort that you got. 
because that's all God needs. He just needs a willing foot to go forward. And the second you decide in your heart that I want to make the first step, God will do the 100 percent rest because that's the kind of God we serve. He doesn't expect us to do anything else except to be obedient. And to be obedient means to trust God. That's all he's asked us to do. He says, if you truly love me, you'll obey my commandments. And his commandment for us is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind and soul. And the, the second, but equally as important as the first, is to love one another as he loves us. I mean, it's just that simple. So to wrap things up for you, it's simply this. Let's transition out of the old mindset into the new. When you feel tired, thank God for it, because now you have a whole empty spot in your life to fill it up with more Jesus. When you're at your wits end, great. Thank him for allowing you to stay sane, because now you're going to have a new godly mindset. Are you just done and ready to go numb? Perfect. Thank God that you're about to explode in a new wealth of being able to be compassionate, considerate, caring, kind, open, thoughtful, and everything else, just like our father. Because to every negative thing Satan would want you to believe, trust me, God has a billion more positive things to put in that place. Satan can only offer you some, some, you know, some halves, some, some, this, this, this kind of looks right. But God has a perfect answer for you, and it always trumps whatever the enemy could offer you because he doesn't have anything to offer you in the first place except some sparkly poop. That's about it. So all in all, family, as we continue to transition throughout life, as we continue to trust God in a greater capacity, let's also trust the love that he has placed inside of one another more so, too. Because every single person that's a part of your community, God is hand placed there for a particular purpose in your life. Remember, your community is not filled with leaves that blow away the second trouble comes. It's not filled with branches that when something too heavy happens, they snap and break and are no longer useless. But your community is full of roots. Roots don't go anywhere. Matter of fact, roots only grow deeper. They intertwine more. The longer they're there and the longer they're connected to a source, in our case, Jesus, the more impossible it is for them to break, to rot, to go away or anything bad. And because God himself is the vine dresser or the gardener, he prunes all those different vines to make sure that they not only grow better, but grow stronger. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for a transitional phase, God, because transition means that we're growing. And Lord, we thank you for growth, that no matter how bad we feel sometimes, how much we want to give up, how much we just want to stop, just stop, period, that you are always there with us, God, that you always encourage us, that you always strengthen us, that you lead us, that you guide us, that you teach us, that you protect us, that you perform in us, through us and for us. That, Father, we simply could not do anything without you. But, God, we just say thank you so much because with you we can do any and all things because you are our source of strength, God. So, Father, we simply ask that for all those who are currently struggling with anything, God, 
that not only would they be enlightened by your love, but that they would be encouraged that the road, though it seems like it doesn't end, there is a a bright light at the end of the tunnel. And even more so that God, the light himself, you, Jesus, you're guiding us down that street because you're the one that built it in the first place. You know where everything is. You know where every obstacle that would try to come in our way is already set. You know where the enemy is hiding in the bushes. And more so, you know how to keep us, to lead us and to guide us. So, Father, we simply say thank you. Lord, we thank you for the blessing, for the healing, for the breakthrough, for those who aren't saved and that are going to get saved because God to live without you is a, ooh, I, I don't want to imagine. But Lord, like Peter said, God, you're it for us. We can't go anywhere. And according to you, no one can take us out of your hand because there is none stronger than you. So for that, we simply say thank you. Lord, we love you. And we will be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor and all the glory which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.